Before we get started, I wanted to thank Prevail Infoworks, the sponsor of today's podcast. Prevail Infoworks is the only global, full-service, tech-enabled CRO and e-clinical service provider harnessing historical and publication data alongside ongoing study data in real time. Get the most out of your study data and schedule a demonstration of this service for yourself at www.prevailinfoworks.com. And be sure to meet the Prevail team at the Outsourcing Clinical Trials East Coast Conference in May or at their offices in Philadelphia. Again, take a moment and explore their new look website at www.prevailinfoworks.com. Check them out. Hey, listeners of the Bio Report. Before we jump into this week's episode, I wanted to tell you about the BioVerge podcast. This is a new podcast featuring Neil Littman that Levine Media Group is producing. Neil's first guest is Jonathan Thomas, the chairman of the California Institute for Regenerative Medicine. In November, California voters approved a $5.5 billion bond measure to extend the life of the Institute. Thomas talks about the future of CIRM and its plans to expand the investments it's making in regenerative medicine. Look for the BioVerge podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, and other popular podcast platforms. I'm Daniel Levine, and this is the Bio Report. This year, Page, a company developing artificial intelligence-driven pathology platforms for the diagnosis of cancer, raised $100 million in a Series C venture round. The funding came months after the company, a spin-out of Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center, scored its first two European approvals for its breast cancer and prostate cancer offerings. We spoke to Leo Grady, CEO of Page, about how the company's artificial intelligence platform works, why it may lead to the identification of new biomarkers, and the potential for AI to change the way cancer patients are diagnosed. Leo, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. We're going to talk about PAGE, its AI-based diagnostics, and how digital pathology has the potential to change how cancer patients are diagnosed. Perhaps we can start with the need. What problem is PAGE trying to address? There are a few different problems. Uh, We're building a portfolio of products, and those problems really fall into three uh, different buckets. One is to provide more information to pathologists during their, their clinical workflow that will help them ultimately have real-time quality assurance, provide them more information during their diagnostic process, as well as ultimately help them with efficiency and throughput. Uh, the second need that we are helping address is with our, our viewer and our digital pathology platform, which is allowing them to access 
historical images, to share uh, slides easily, to get consultations easily, as well as to be able to reference other digital images and, and slides during the course of their work. And then the last set of needs is really around trying to look for new biomarkers that can help uh, doctors and oncologists ensure that the patients get the right treatment every time. And how are these tests generally performed today? How does PAGES technology change that? So in a clinical pathology setting, uh, what happens today is a pathology or a piece of tissue is taken out of a, a patient from a biopsy or surgery. That tissue gets cut, stained, mounted on a glass slide, and then the pathologist is handed a set of slides to look at for that patient. That pathologist will look at that slide, and they may see something that they're not sure what it is. It may be a little unusual. They may ask a colleague. They may send it out for a consultation. They may do an additional stain or send it off for some molecular testing. Ultimately, they're going to get all of that information back, and they're going to have to make a call for that patient on what the right diagnosis is. In a page world, that slide is not looked at under a microscope, it's scanned, and the pathologist is looking at a computer monitor, and Paige has gone through those slides and matched each slide, the tissue content in that slide, those patterns with a database of known tissue and diagnostics, and that information is made available to the pathologist during the course of their their clinical treatment so that they have this additional information available to them automatically for every case without having to go through and uh, take those other steps of consultation and sending cases out and additional testing and staining. They'll have that information at their fingertips so that they can get to that right decision faster and uh, more standardized and more confidently. Are slides prepared for a page test as they would be for a traditional test today? Yes, exactly the same way. In fact, there's no additional uh, staining, no additional preparation that's needed. The only piece of additional equipment is the slide scanner itself. And is the digital AI system visually reading an image? And is it doing so in a way that's unique to the machine, or is it somehow mimicking what a pathologist is looking for? Well, I think the best way to think about how AI works is it's looking for patterns in data, in this case, patterns in tissue. And so that machine is identifying these patterns, matching those against a database of, of known patterns uh, that have been either diagnosed by other pathologists or that have uh, been the results of additional testing, like a molecular test or something like that, to really match those patterns and then highlight that information to the pathologist during the course of their, uh, their diagnostic process. As we think about going forward in that biomarker direction that I mentioned, in that case, uh, these are patterns that a pathologist may not know about, may not be aware about, or may not really be uh, visible to the naked eye. And yet the computer is able to sift through 
thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of images and identify patterns that are signatures for treatment responses or other even known molecular markers. And how do you envision a pathologist using the system? Will they rely on it? Does the pathologist use it to confirm findings or is it more of a tool to allow for greater automation? And if so, what's the output that the pathologist or the physician will see? Well, before in your question, you, you described uh, Pages technology as a test. And I think that's exactly the right way to think about it. Just like a, um, a pathologist may do an immunohistochemistry stain, or they may do a genomic profile, or they may do some other test that gives them a, additional information, but ultimately they take that other information and they weave it together with their medical knowledge in order to provide a recommendation to the clinician and ultimately a, a treatment uh, decision for that patient. And PAGE is really functioning exactly that same way. We're, we're doing, you can think of it as a new testing modality that ultimately identifies this additional information in the tissue in a way that's highly standardized, fast, and can be done on all tissue. And ultimately, that additional information is something that the pathologist is going to look at and weave together with the rest of the testing with what they see in order to make that treatment recommendation. Do you expect the system to be able to identify new subtypes of particular cancers? And as it may identify new biomarkers, is there a potential here that it's biomarkers that the AI system would would be able to identify, but we may not understand exactly what it's reading to get there? Well, it's not a black box. So the, uh, the AI is identifying, it, AI is a technology, and that technology can be used to identify patterns that are common to tissue. And so let me give you an example. Um, let's say there's a genomic uh, mutation. You've got a targeted therapy that will target, say, a BRCA mutation. And you know the, the genomic profile of these tumors for say, some set of tumors. And you know that some other set of tumors have just a wild type uh, BRCA. Now, in that case, if the computer, a sufficiently trained AI can go through these cases and see cases with a BRCA mutation, BRCA wild type, and learn to identify patterns that are common across all tumors that have this mutation, then, uh, the, then that test can be pro prospectively validated to show that, yes, in fact, this pattern is indicative of a BRCA mutation, but what the computer identifies is a pattern and that the computer can highlight that pattern to a pathologist, to a, a drug cancer researcher, to a biologist to say, these are the things that I'm seeing that are common across all patients with this particular mutation. And now the computer is not going to know the, the biological mechanism for which that 
particular pattern is related to the, uh, the mutation, but it will be able to consistently find that mutation, highlight it, and you can validate it just like any other kind of diagnostic test. Because the computer can highlight it, then it forms the basis for really exploring what that mechanistic explanation is. Paige is a, a spin-out of Memorial Sloan Kettering. What was unique about the technology, and, and how has it evolved from the work that was done at Sloan Kettering? Sloan Kettering was very progressive in the early digitization of tissue and of slides. And as a result, they not only invested in large-scale digitization, but also hired some very smart people that can focus on this area. And through the course of that interaction between the clinical pathology as well as these AI researchers, they actually developed a breakthrough in the AI technology itself. Um, and what I mean by that is classically AI would require a pathologist to walk through a slide and mark it up and say, this region over here, that's cancer. And this region over here, that's benign. This region is uh, stage or is grade three. This, this region is grade four. And that approach to having a pathologist markup to annotate these slides can be used to train AI, but there are a lot of limitations to it. It means that the, uh, the, the process to train this AI is slow, it's expensive, it can be inconsistent from one pathologist to another. They may not focus on annotating every small area and so they, they may not annotate everything that needs to be annotated. And so this is a process that AI companies have used historically. It's what I'd used previously in my career. Um, but because it's slow, because it's expensive, because it has these quality issues, there, there are a lot of challenges to really scaling up such a system. The technology that was invented at MSK and then inherited by PAGE works differently. What this technology does is requires no annotation whatsoever. What we do is we show the computer pairings of the slide and the diagnostic report, the diagnostic outcome. And when the computer has seen enough pairings of the slide and the diagnostic outcome, the computer learns to identify those patterns which are common to all grade three or all grade four without anyone having to do this annotation. So this is really a breakthrough for three reasons. One is it allows us to build AI systems at enormous scale. So for example, our prostate cancer system, we developed on using 100,000 slides. It'd be very difficult to annotate manually. Second, it allows us to build very quickly because we can go from prostate cancer to breast cancer to colon cancer to lung cancer to gastric and so on uh, because we don't need this manual annotation. And third, because it allows us to look for these new biomarkers and new patterns that no human pathologist is going to know how to go through and annotate for. What's the business model? Do you expect to operate like a CLIA lab? Do you sell s software or systems to hospitals? 
We sell software as a service. So each one of our clinical AI systems, uh, prostate cancer, breast cancer, and so on, is sold as a subscription. So a hospital can access that system uh, through a subscription where the pricing is tiered around usage. Uh, all of those AI applications, those clinical applications, sit on top of our digital pathology platform where that digital pathology platform provides a viewing uh, software, storage, data management, all of these other things. And that is also sold as a subscription, which is um, tiered based on usage. The, the other category of uh, applications that we're working on, the biomarkers, the diagnostic tests, some of which are, are now public, uh, those are sold as a uh, more like a traditional diagnostic testing model where they're sold per test. At the start of the year, Page completed a $100 million funding round. How is that funding being used? Yeah, we were very excited to uh, raise this additional funding with fantastic investors uh, with Kasdan and, and J&J. It was an interesting situation because we actually had raised a Series B, a $70 million Series B, just the year before, and we were still very well capitalized as a business. However, as we were working with hospitals, as we were working with commercial labs, they were saying to us, we love what you've done with prostate, we love what you've done with breast cancer, when can you get us lung cancer and colon cancer and skin cancer, and gastric cancer, and all this entire portfolio of applications. And likewise, as we were working with the pharma companies and we were developing new biomarkers, we started seeing uh, more and more of these biomarkers really blossom and, and be uh, capable to, to be developed and really being starting to have an impact at these pharma companies. And so we decided that we really needed to scale up and broaden to accelerate the portfolio development, which is why we went out and started talking to a few investors that we thought could really help us. And so this $100 million is really being used primarily to accelerate and broaden our portfolio of clinical products, as well as the biomarkers and diagnostic tests that we're developing with the pharma industry, and also being used to expand and more heavily uh, drive commercialization, both in North America and Europe. Well, what's been done to validate the technology today? So the technology, when it was still uh, being incubated at MSK, uh, there were a number of studies that were done. Some of them were uh, clinical studies to demonstrate the equivalency of uh, looking at digital slides versus uh, doing the diagnosis on a microscope. The, uh, the core AI breakthrough was published in Nature Medicine, where it demonstrated near-perfect capability to detect prostate cancer, breast cancer, and skin cancer. And that was tested on 15,000 patients. Uh, 44,000 slides, and those slides came from those patients came from sites 
even beyond MSK. So over 800 different hospitals and labs worldwide. Since PAGE started, uh, we've done a number of studies at hospitals in North America, in Europe, and in Brazil. And what we've been looking at is how do we compare pathologists that are using this technology compared to pathologists that are, are not using the technology? Are they able to find cancer more effectively, more accurately, more quickly, uh, in order to really generate the evidence for health economics and, and value of the technology? You're initially focused on breast and prostate cancer. Why begin with those indications? Those are, are indications that um, it's, it's really for a few reasons. One is that those are both high volume tests. Uh, both prostate cancer and breast cancer are, are regularly screened for uh, where there, there are a lot of biopsies. Many of those biopsies are negative. Uh, sometimes those biopsies, because they're early stage, uh, because they're screening, you find early stage cancer, which can sometimes be missed. Um, and additionally, uh, because of those volumes, we had an incredible amount of data that we could use to develop our AI systems. So it was really because we felt that those areas could provide the clearest, strongest, most clinical benefit to the greatest number of patients off the bat, and where we felt that we could build really bulletproof technology that could demonstrate to patients, to clinicians, what uh, was possible for now and the future. Where are you in terms of commercializing the technology? So Page Prostate... Uh, received FDA breakthrough designation uh, in 2019, uh, which was the first uh, AI to obtain any breakthrough designation, uh, not only in pathology, but as far as we know, in all of oncology. And we also received the CE mark both for prostate cancer and for breast cancer so that those systems can be used clinically in Europe. Now, we have started slow with an early access phase, and there are several hospitals in North America, Europe, and uh, South America that are have adopted PAGE in this early access phase where we are working with them to study the use of the technology in uh, a real-world setting and use that to generate the evidence to drive toward a, a large-scale commercial launch. And what's the discussion been like with payers? Are there any reimbursement challenges you face? Well, in my previous history, I, I've got the scars to um, make me a little head shy in reimbursement discussions. Not because I think I think the payers are very uh, reasonable. Uh, however, they want to see data from hospitals, from covered lives that they are are working with. And so you end up in a chicken and egg problem where the payers say, show me data from hospitals in my region. And hospitals say, we, we're not going to be able to use it in your region until you pay for it. And so 
as we've been developing Page, we've really been doing it with an eye to say, even within the existing reimbursement structure, can we provide value? So we, that we don't need any additional reimbursement uh, beyond what is already being paid for by the insurance companies. And what we've been able to demonstrate with the studies that we've done so far is that the improvements in quality and uh, real-time quality assurance, the additional information that the pathologists get, and the uh, ultimately we expect to be able to prove uh, efficiency gains and higher throughput rates that we believe will drive adoption even within the existing reimbursement structure while we have those conversations with payers and engage with the societies to drive toward new codes and additional reimbursement. And what's the plan to expand the pipeline beyond the initial test? We have a whole portfolio, a whole roadmap that we are building out, especially now with the new funding. We are driving toward all of the the high volume cancers and those cancers that are very difficult to make diagnoses in. Um, what's surprising to many people is that more than half of cancers are quote rare cancers. In other words, the um, the the big four cancers: prostate cancer, breast cancer, colon cancer, lung cancer account for less than half of all cancer diagnoses. So there's a, a very long tail of cancers that are not as often seen. And most people in the US and in the rest of the world are seen in hospitals and labs that do not have the kind of specialists that would be needed, even sometimes for, for those big four cancers. And so we really believe that there is a uh, a lot of work to do in order to build out technology that can support and help the diagnosis for patients with those primary cancers, as well as, as really provide information that can help and support the diagnosis for patients that suffer from one of these less common cancers. Leo Grady, CEO of PAGE. Leo, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you so much. It's been fun. Thanks for listening. The Bio Report is a production of the Levine Media Group. To automatically download this podcast each week, subscribe to our RSS feed or through iTunes or other podcast manager. To join our mailing list, go to levinemediagroup.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to drop us a line or are interested in sponsoring this podcast, send email to danny at levinemediagroup.com. Special thanks to Jonah Levine, who composed our theme music, and the Jonah Levine Collective, which performs it.